1: we should have seen this coming And maybe you've noticed that sanctuary cities have kind of been in the news lately democrat mayors is in in uh, several cities have been begging the big guy to help them out with all the illegal immigrants who've been showing up and creating havoc not to mention pooping on the street but uh, they've been for a long time uh, saying that uh, you're, these people saying that their city was a sanctuary city was a, a good way for liberals to show how compassionate they are. But it's turned out to be not such a good idea. Now, of course, the evil conservatives did see this coming 15 years ago. And a matter of fact, uh, Joe Biden also told you back in 2007
2: Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants?
0: The reason the cities ignore the federal law... Is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need? Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed a similar sanctions, and what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen, and they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing law. So, Senator
2: law. Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No.
1: Ah, that was back uh, when he was running for president for the, I think, the third or fourth time. I lost track. Nobody really thought Americans would be dumb enough to vote for him, but here we are. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk to our correspondent from the Great White North, Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun about the storm created up there when thousands of people filled an arena or two to see Tucker Carlson. And in our second half hour, um, a recent study says that almost 30% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 25 identify as LGBTQ, which, if it's true, of course, means big trouble for the human race. Stick around. Well, a few days ago, uh, Tucker Carlson posted a uh, posted a call he made to the Canadian government, to uh, I guess to Trudeau's office up there, and he said, "We're coming to liberate Canada." I don't know if everybody uh, really got it, figured out what that was. But last night, he showed up in Alberta and got things stirred up. Joe Warmington is a reporter and a columnist for the Toronto Sun. He joins us now, Joe. I always appreciate having you because. uh uh, you know you're our um, official unofficial canadian correspondent. a good time to talk to a real live Canadian about um Tucker Carlson invading the great white north
3: yeah it's uh, it's really something i mean i, I think maybe it's payback for eighteen twelve I'm not sure but uh but yeah it was uh, it was pretty exciting. I' looking to have Tucker here and he appeared in both Calgary and Edmonton, Alberta's his own kind of thing as you know and you know, it's uh, a little bit different than Ontario or Quebec, where there's a lot of political correctness out there. There's a lot of anger because that's the oil country. And, of course, all these Klaus uh, Cla- Schwab types and World Economic Forum, they've got all that uh, oil production kind of locked down. And so Tucker really tapped into that. And uh, and he really, I mean, he did not hold back. I mean, he went after everything you could think of here.
1: Yeah, um, I saw the video of his appearance in Edmonton. I guess it was at Rogers, uh, arena there where where the Oilers play. I I think that's where it was. He he packed them in. It was, it was packed.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, they like straight talk in Alberta and, you know, they've had some pretty, pretty straight talk. They have a good premier now, Danielle Smith, and she doesn't, you know, suffer any fools. And of course, Ralph Klein back in the day. And so Tucker fits right in there. You know, after all we've been through in Canada with the tyranny of the Trudeau government, all the rules and all the you know the different things that happened. We had a terror attack, which I've also written about, right in Edmonton, just on Tuesday. A guy went in with a long gun and, and Molotov cocktail homemade bombs and stuff and tried to shoot up the city hall. He did shoot it up. In Toronto? You don't Toronto? even hear about it, but right in Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. And, uh, which is the capital of Alberta, but mm-hmm. it was the city hall. And... um. And, and there's no coverage of it. Trudeau's off at the women's hockey game and all this kind of uh, tweeting about that. But yet when it was the truckers, boy, that was the end of the world, and they had to bring out the Emergencies Act. So it just shows you that, you know, when it comes to, they're so worried about offending people. They don't care uh, about, uh, obviously, they don't care about some some people offending. But anybody that uh, is in the politically correct sphere uh, they're worried about it, and Tucker went right after that. He talked about immigration, he talked about transgender issues, he made fun and teased that the Prime Minister, you know, he, it's good to come out of the closet, but, you know, except for he hasn't, and all this kind of crazy stuff. I got a lot of laughter, but I'll tell you who wasn't laughing, John, it was the the, the crew in Ottawa, the Liberal government, they're not laughing, and they're coming out, they want Tucker banned and everything else. So, yeah, I think he, I think he accomplished what he came to do, which is, he didn't maybe liberate it, but he certainly dropped a bomb on it.
1: But but Alberta was a good place to start then.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, there's nowhere like Alberta. Uh, it's it's always been its own deal. It's mm. oil country out there, the Oilers and Calgary Flames and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I I used to work at the Calgary Sun out there back in the in the nineties, and you know it was amazing because uh, you know it was it's, it's kind of like Texas, you know, it's got all the cowboy thing going on and. It's really a great place. And so, you know, I think Tucker would have really enjoyed it there, and I think they would have loved having him.
1: Well, I was stunned when I saw the the crowd. Um, And I have a house in Ontario, as you know, uh, and um, we have Bell Cable. They do not offer Fox News. Um, So when I go up there, I can't watch Fox News. They do have CNN. Now, Tucker's been off Fox for a while, but that's where he made his name. So what kind of a following could Carlson have in Canada with uh, Fox News not really, I don't know if it's,
3: if it's censored, but it seems to be suppressed? Everything is censored in Canada, so it's a very good question. It's because of Elon Musk and the fact that Tucker went to the X platform uh, first to do his show and now he's expanded into his own network, which he still posts things there. So, you know, there is uh, look at Fox uh, did have an audience here in Ontario, mostly in Alberta. So he was known from there, and he had his audience there. But now with the, the X, that's what he's done. But don't forget, here in Canada, they actually have the a bill that means the, the news is not shared on Facebook and different pla- different platforms like that. And so as a result, you know, when I write a column, I can't put it on Facebook. There's no, it, it won't register on there. And If I want to read what you're putting out, and I often look for stuff uh, for your station and I see what's going on, I can't get it. So it's a censorship country. This is like a communist country here, and it it it's as close to it as you can well imagine. To the point where we've talked about where they actually will put you in jail here. They will freeze your bank accounts, and and they'll also fire you from your job. And so that's what Tucker was kind of uh, going for. His attitude was, you know, he kind of dared Trudeau and his uh, you know Gestapo style approach to law enforcement here where they beat up a trucker, a grandmother, you know, where they stepped with the horses on people, crush them, and he kind of dared them to do that to him. Uh, they didn't do it, but they're complaining today. I mean, they, they're all the cabinet ministers and all that, they're all worked up. And, and now wherever Tucker is, he cashed his check, and he's laughing all the way to the bank.
1: That's, that's great. Now, uh, explain to me again now. So if, if you write a column for the Toronto Sun and you want to put it up on your Facebook page, you can't do it?
3: No, I can take a picture of the hard copy and post that. They haven't figured out how to get that down. But if I put any kind of a link to my website or if I want to go on there and, and read something on Facebook or somewhere else, it won't come through. It's all censored. And it's this, I think it's the Bill C-21 bill, I don't know, one of those crazy bills. And they're saying, well, it's to protect Canadian sovereignty and all this. I mean, it's just plain old-fashioned censorship. And, you know, it's, Canada is going to have an election the next year here and they'll have a big decision to make. Do you want to live in a kind of communist, socialist, Cuba-style dictatorship a country where, you know, you have to watch everything you said, and things are censored? Or uh, do you want to open up free markets and get involved with the U.S. and have energy independence and stop buying oil from Iran and places like that? And that's going to be what the election's about. I don't know which way to go because uh, here in Ontario – And in Quebec and places like that, Trudeau is very popular. Look at everything that he does, John. It's about a subsidy or or a a government taxpayer-funded program. He's got dental programs and grocery programs and heating programs and carbon tax. You know, we get this, this, they just up the carbon tax. It comes off my check. We've talked about that before. And I can't really make ends meet anymore. I can't make my mortgage payments and stuff because most of it's going to Trudeau. And what he does is he turns around a couple times a year and he gives some back to me. It just comes into my bank account. He says, look, look how great I am. The problem is it's one-tenth of what I've already paid him. So he's giving me back some of my own money, and I'm supposed to thank him for it. No thanks. I'll tell you, I do cash it, but it's mine. That's why I cash it, not his.
1: Well, this is why I like having you on. Uh, I think what's going on up in Canada is really relevant, and, and I was glad to see that Tucker Carlson noticed uh, a while back, he was—he started talking about this a while ago, long before he went up there. Uh, it, is- it is
3: very relevant. It is relevant because the people that do the talking points with the Liberal Party are the same people that work with the Democratic Party there. There's a lot of crossover. So you'll see some of the same slogans and different things. Yeah. And, well, what- you know, you're, you're facing that yourself, your own election. I mean, it's fascinating to see. Uh, to watch how Americans, and how I look at it, you know, loving America like I do. I have a column on New York City. My son and I went there over the Christmas holidays, and you can read it at the Toronto Sun now. But, you know, I look at it and I see people not talking to each other. One side is saying this side's bad, and the other thing, and they won't uh, communicate, they won't partner up. And that's exactly what the communists love. They love to have that division. And the minute that you stop doing that, you start doing great things as a country. The minute you keep, or the, you know, if you keep that continuing on, now we're, you know, you'll end up basically stalled. And uh, that's what's happened here in Canada. I mean, we never had it like that. As you know, having connections there, Yeah, yeah. you know, we kind of, we we could live with a liberal government or a liberal crowd could live with like a Harper style conservative government, which is nothing like a real hardcore conservative government you might see in the U S but it's still a little more conservative. And, a little more uh, addressing the taxes and things like that. But now it's like one side or the other. You're either in, and if you're not in, you get crushed by the regime. And it's very frustrating. It's hard for me because, like, I'm, I'm you know, been around a long time, 40 years as a reporter and a columnist, and you do get uh, demoralized sometimes because you realize that, um, you know, it's kind of like a police state here. And it, it it should concern Americans, for sure it should.
1: Yeah, we're talking to Joe Warmington. Uh, He's a reporter and a columnist for the Toronto Sun. Um, And that's what I was getting to, Joe, the reason why it's relevant. Um, Would I be wrong to say that Justin Trudeau and the liberals up there have succeeded or at least are succeeding in doing what the Democrats would love to do here if they could
3: get away with it? Yeah, they're leading the way. It's that Agenda 30 stuff, though. WEF. This is kind of the test run poster child of Klaus Schwab and and that kind of uh, Soros and all that. So that's why Tucker pays so, such close attention to it because he knows. Is you know he comes over and fishes a lot. His one of his properties is eight miles apparently from the Canadian border. So he knows uh, how close it is, and. You know, you see all this stuff that we never thought America would go along with, like things like the carbon footprint. And, you know, like you heard John Kerry over there in Davos, Switzerland, saying about they've got to cut down on the farming because if they don't cut down on the farming, there's going to be a food shortage because if there's too much farming, there'll be a food shortage. And people are like, you're watching that going, well, wait a minute now. Isn't there going to be a food shortage if there's no farmers? But, of course, he doesn't have an answer for that this talk's pure BS, like right in the microphone, and people just write it and say, oh yeah, yeah, it's going to heat up one degree, and if we don't uh, tax people and maybe stop them, you know, now it doesn't stop him from getting on his jets and all that. That part of it's okay. Uh, I'm amazed. Like, I look at America, and I think I, you know, I obviously grew up, and I love Ronald Reagan and all that stuff, everything's NFL and all that, you know, uh, the band Boston, and, you know, whatever. And then you look at What it is now, and you see all this stuff, uh, you know, the transgender, they can't seem to get that organized. We have that same issue here where we've got a 50 year old that's competing with 13 year old girls. I I forgot about that. The police come and arrest anybody that says anything and say, wait a minute, this guy's going into the girls' change room and changing, and then he's going to go in the pool and try to beat out out, uh, girls that are trying for scholarships and stuff. I mean, what is that? I mean, what the hell is that? Well, it's. We've got that. And that's I'd what I mean. Here.
1: That's what I mean, Joe. That is what it, it, uh, Canada is is utopia for American Democrats. They, they uh, this is this is why I like to point to it all the time because they're getting away with it up there, and not to say that we don't have the same transgender stupidity here. I, you know, there's plenty of examples of it, but up there you had the the guy who had the the. Um, the beach ball sized breasts, uh, you know, prosthetic breasts, walking around in a school, and when somebody said, you know, I don't think maybe my kids ought to be looking at that every day, they told the kids to shut up and the parents to shut up, um, and the liberal media there and the government there, they're okay with this and, and this.
3: I, I, I got to ask if you, you about... go up, if you go up to any government official here and try to ask them a question that's not scripted that they haven't approved. The police will grab you. They will throw you against the wall, and we've seen that. You've seen that video of what happened yep. to David Menzies, yep. my good friend for a long time. But we've all had it happen to us. It's it's the kind of uh, kind of SS approach where you know they have this propaganda. You write it, follow it, and you do what you're told. Now, of course, anybody that's been in the business for forty years, it doesn't matter left, right, liberal, conservative. You're not going to do it that way because we're trained differently. And you see even leftist reporters here are like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to report whatever happened. Tucker was there. We reported it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you try, we try to be fair, by the way. We try to tell, you know, all sides, balance and all that stuff. But under this regime here, they don't like balance. And uh, it, it, it's very, very tough. But, it, you know, I was on your show throughout the whole pandemic. And, of course, with that uh, Busty Lemieux teacher and all that stuff. And you notice it keeps on going. Like we get to the end of one... and then we're on to another one and so i won't be surprised if i mean there's an election either this year or next year trudeau's got till next october i guess you know with the deal he has with the socialist ndp but it could be sooner Uh, it could be sooner because uh he you know he he's got a tough economy ahead here he knows that a lot of us are about to lose our houses and things like that and so they're not going to be in a very good mood next year so he may want to try to sneak it in this year. I don't know. Uh, you know, the polls don't look good for him, but I don't count that guy out or any of the people around him. They own the media. The, you know, they pay the media companies, uh, you know, I think it's a billion dollars. The cbc's $1.4 billion.
1: The government subsidizes yeah. money. Yeah.
3: yeah. Taxpayers yeah. money.
1: So uh, I have about a minute and a half left with Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun. Uh, trudeau took a big hit from canada's supreme court a couple of days ago again uh, there's some parallels there with what's happening here in the u.s what was that all about
3: what happened was the judge ruled that the emergencies act that he brought out during the to end the freedom convoy in ottawa particularly ottawa truckers was unconstitutional and it wasn't necessary and wasn't appropriate wow what a surprise i remember guys like you and i saying that like you didn't need to bring out a cannon to you know, when you only needed a fly slaughter. Right. Of course, he couldn't wait to do that emergencies act, because that's basically the War Measures Act of this era. His father brought that out in the 60s, and of course that was a little different because it was the FLQ crisis, there was terrorism, there was some, a, you know, a British member of parliament. It, it seemed to make some sense to get control of the streets at that time. This was nothing like that. I was in Ottawa, and I was on your show, and I was on Fox News and different... Places, yeah, and it was a big party. There was no issues there, other than the honking of the horns for the for a couple of days, which did stop once the court asked them to stop. No, I think they maybe stayed a little bit longer than you know that maybe they should have, but it was only three weeks, and it was, there was no real trouble. And it was basically Wellington Street, which is the street in front of C- C- Canada's Parliament. And you know what? There's been no one in Ottawa. We were, my son and I, were just skating on the Rideau Canal, which was only open for two days, by the way, thanks to. The same kind of crazy politics, but um, anyway, uh, there's nobody in Ottawa. It's a it, since the pandemic, everybody's not working, and it, you know we're still paying more taxes, but we're not getting much services.
1: Well, hey, I'm I'm out of time, Joe. Keep your eye on them up there. I know that's what you do for a living, and boy, I'll bet they don't like you, but we like you here, and uh, we'll we'll keep having <laughs> you on to keep uh, keep us updated on what's happening up there and what's about to become maybe what used to be. The Great White North. Maybe you can help save it. But thanks for coming on, man. All the best. Take care now. All right. That's Joe Warmington, columnist for the Toronto Sun. I'll be right back. There's a study out there now that says that uh, kids are skipping school more often these days. I guess with what's going on in public schools, maybe that's not such bad news. But uh, Dr. Carol Lieberman is a psychiatrist. She's known as America's psychiatrist on voiceamerica.com, and she joins us now. Dr. Lieberman, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So uh, how much more are kids skipping school?
2: Well, um, the latest study showed that 10% of students are chronic absenteers, or they show chronic absenteeism. And I think that that very much underestimates the actual number, um, but you know, but even if it was ten percent, that would be something to be concerned about. But um, but when the study came out, it did not talk about, I and mean, it was talking about the economic um, the economic loss that that would have, and so on. I can tell you about that, but um, but they did not mention the fact that um, why. Kids are cutting school, and you know obviously that's that's very important to understand. You know if we're going to do something about it, and I think that the main reasons why kids are um, cutting school is because, um, first of all, when they came back from from the lockdowns, um, they were very they were feeling very much behind. You know, I said at the time that schools should um, make a make a rule that um, kids after the lockdown have to go back into a grade that is behind or repeat the same grade over than the grade that they had had the lockdowns in. Um, Because otherwise they, you know, they were lost. They didn't, they, they didn't learn anything. And they, when they did come back, they were lost. And um, also, of course another significant reason is that kids, you know, they're smarter than we think. They don't want to be in a classroom where they're being told every <laughs> excuse me, they're being told every day that um, to believe in CRT, critical race theory, uh, to believe that some of the people in the class are, are oppressors and some are the oppressed, and then of course um, to be tr- uh, told that they should become LGBTQ plus.
1: Yeah, and uh, are parents making the decision to keep their kids out? I mean, the the young kids, obviously, it has to be the parents who are saying, you know, don't worry, about we're going to homeschool you or whatever.
2: Yes. Um, (laughs) My dog obviously doesn't like that. That's okay. Um, (laughs) It doesn't bother um, me. Okay. Um, Yes. You know, yes, when it's the younger kids, it is the parents making that decision. In some cases, it's good. Because they're taking them, you know, if they can afford it, they're sending them to private school or they're homeschooling them, um, and, and so on. But, uh, but of course, a lot of these kids, you know, older kids, their parents don't know whether they're cutting school or not.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, speaking of studies, now, you are a psychiatrist. And the minute yes. I saw this, I wanted to find someone who could speak to this. And I think you are the perfect person. So, I don't know if you saw the study, but according to one done by the Public Religion Research Institute, I saw it reported on NBC's website, uh, says that almost 30 percent, according to a poll, polls, uh, almost 30 percent, I think it's actually 28, of Gen Z, that's 18 to 25, now identifies as LGBTQ. So my first question for you is, do you buy those numbers?
2: Um, Yes. I mean, um yes I, I why why do you not buy them? No,
1: uh and that's my question um i it's that we're talking about um thirty percent now they they had the other numbers for uh the rest of the world, uh ten percent of all adults, only four percent of baby boomers of which I'm one um, uh, ha, I, in the same survey. Identified as LGBTQ, so this is what I'm asking you, as a psychiatrist. Is it realistic to think that there would be, I, I guess, an 80 percent increase in uh, gay and bisexual people in 40 or 50 years that are walking around on, uh, in America? That there has well, to be something um, about this study that either either they weren't asking the questions 50 years ago or something about the study is, I just don't buy it.
2: Well, I mean, they they said, though, in this study, that um, half of the Gen Z adults who identify as LGBTQ identify as bisexual. Huh. So that is, you know... Um, well, is I that mean, hedging <laughs> your bet?
1: If you're, you know, well, I'm LGBTQ, I'm only half gay. I, I,
2: right, I, right. Well, what it is, this is a very, very, um, a very... <laughs> sad situation because um this is just the propaganda of the people who want what
1: that's what i'm getting at sorry
2: yes the people who want to cut down the population Mm -hmm. and so this is their um their attempt to get people to identify as lgbtq and people are you know doing it um gen z adults um and, I mean, really, it's in school. You you see the these people, um, when they're in high school and so on, or, or even younger, um, that they are taking this on because they have been made to believe that this is cool. If you want to be cool, you know, don't identify with the sex that you were born as. Identify as trans or at least bisexual.
1: That's why, that's what I'm getting at here is that, and we're talking to Dr. Carol Lieberman, she's a psychiatrist, Um. It's like seven, it's increased sevenfold from my generation to now, the number of people oh. who identify as gay or lesbian or whatever, LGBTQ. Um, that, it, it can't, it has to have been artificially um, induced.
2: Yes, yes, yes. It's not a natural thing. Now, um, you know, it's important to say that uh, there are children who are born um with uh, with a propensity to be gay or lesbian right. um or you know by LGBTQ yeah. um but the the number and and that comes from uh hormones that were surrounding them in the uterus and it also comes from their early years um you know their relationships with their mother and their father in their early years mm-hmm. so yes there are people who actually are authentically gay and bi and all of that but that is not the majority of the people who you know they, where they now say twenty eight percent of gen Z adults um uh identify as that i mean yes it is it, 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 that isn't normal i mean that isn't natural it isn't from the people who naturally realize that they were a man born in a woman 's body or vice versa and it's very sad because um these people who have been who have been um, convinced that this is cool and this is what you should do and all of that, um, and then getting hormones and getting um, surgery and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, they don't realize that it's these these people who want to cut down the population. And so, of course, if you have the more LGBTQ people that you have, um, the less babies you're going to have.
1: Yeah, it a, it's a, might be a problem for the human race. Um, yeah, the, the, it's. It, I just wonder... Um, and this is what I want to get your opinion on. I can, I can remember um, uh, when it, I, I think I can sort of remember when it began, I can't, can't put a year on it, but it's been relatively recently that uh, all of a sudden every TV show, maybe not every, but a huge majority or a huge percentage of TV shows, had to have some kind had, had to have a gay character. Or a gay angle in the story somehow. If it was a story about a family, one of the kids had to be gay, right. even if it wasn't a major part of the story. It just be it just began began to show up in in media and um, and in movies. And I, it's like it's almost like it was a plan that we we need to infiltrate. We need to um, yes. we need to make this seem normal, and it may take a while, but hang with us on this.
2: Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, also social media plays a role yeah. in this too, because, um, like when kids are writing about, oh, I got started my hormones today and they get all these likes and mm-hmm. all that. Yep. You know, um, I mean, people, kids want to be, want attention and they want, um, they want to be liked. They want to feel like they fit in. They want, you know, they get praise for doing this. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, it's, it's, it's already starting, but it's going to get more where the kids who have gotten hormones and who have gotten surgery, um, are realizing, you know, the detransitioners, um, are realizing that really this is not what is going to make them happy. I mean, that's the thing. Um, when it was, it was like, uh, when kids came back to the lockdowns, when kids came out of the lockdowns and they were feeling depressed and lost and all of that, um, teachers and the libraries in their schools, the books um, gave them an answer. Well, if you just change your sex, change your gender, then you'll be happy. That that um, the grass is greener on the other side.
1: Yeah. How much of a doctor um, is it um, That they uh, uh, they they get, put this idea in their head that you know these problems you're having. Maybe it's maybe you're confused about. Whether you really want to be a, a boy or a girl, um, yes, yeah. and and again, it's 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 planting the seed. I'm I'm an old guy, but nobody would ever consider mentioning that to me. <laughs> was it when I was in the fourth grade? Right. You know, it's just so stupid.
2: Right, right. Um, yes, you know, and, and parents. I mean, you. I'm sure you know about how when there are these um, events. And they like the story, um, reading a story in the library and all yeah. that, um, with with um, gay um, or transgender um, people, you know, in costumes. I mean, in, well, I wouldn't call it costumes, I yeah. guess, but um, but anyway, when they're when they're reading these books and so on, um, and parents, you know, it's one thing when this happens in school, and of course these days teachers try not to tell their parents what's happening right. in school, right. but. When it's something like an event and you bring your child to the library or to a restaurant or a bar or wherever they're having it, that is really kind of inexcusable. And what, what it represents often is that the parents wanted um, a child of the opposite sex. So if they had a girl, they really wanted a boy and they can, you know, try to um, convince the child that or, or subtly sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. subtly and sometimes not so subtly, but like encouraging them to be the
1: other sex, yeah. And uh, another example is um, they're 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 bombarded with this stuff. It's pride this and pride that, and you have the rainbow flags hanging in the classroom, and it's just right. it's just talked about. It it's it, the number of kids who were actually likely to be gay in the class. The percentage of the kids, it, it doesn't it doesn't justify the 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 amount of time that it's that is spent talking about it but uh but then you find out that supergirl is a lesbian superman i think uh, is bisexual uh those kinds of things is that a not so subtle way of also maybe spreading the propaganda
2: well yes um you know uh the thing is that people who are lgbtq Either because they were authentically that, or because they were uh, they believed the propaganda. Um, they are a lot of them are very active, and um, you know make these things happen. That's how they got into the schools, and that's how um, you know there's there's a very a, a lot of people, or or a lot, of, at least maybe not a lot, but people who get into powerful places who try to bring this forward.
1: Yeah, we're talking to Dr. Carol Lieberman, psychiatrist, uh, America's psychiatrist, uh, at uh, voiceamerica.com. This is pretty disturbing, doctor, uh, (laughs) from the same study. I'm not kidding you with this. Generation Z adults are more likely to identify as LGBTQ than they are to identify as Republican. That that does not seem to bode well for the future of America.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, uh, because they blame the Republicans for like uh you know, not supporting LGBTq, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but uh I mean politics and your sexual orientation should have nothing to do with each other,
1: no, but also the fact this is again, I'm just not buying these numbers the the, the idea that there are more gay kids in your class than there are Republicans. It's just its just beyond stupid. It's, it, it can't be true. Now, meanwhile, well, yeah, a, go
2: ahead. Yes and no, um, because you know that uh, schools, um, not only are they trying to convince people to be LGBTQ, but they're also convincing them to um, believe in uh, Democrat, um, progressive kinds of things. Socialism, and, and anti-
1: yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, so, I, I, so, I mean, there's this, there's this, propaganda all the way
1: around i have about a minute and a half left doctor and this may be a related story Um, i don't know if you heard about this the florida house has just passed a bill banning kids under 16 from social media as a psychiatrist does that sound like a good idea to you
2: huh um how are they going to be able to do that
1: uh well the the kids uh would not be able to um They'd have to prove their their age. I guess there's well, yeah, yeah.
2: The, but you know how that is now, like yeah, the porn sites and yeah, all that. Yeah. You say they ask how old are you, and you just put in that you're twenty or whatever.
1: Well, it would be against the law for the yeah. um, for the social media platforms to allow them on. So that doesn't mean that people wouldn't yeah. get around it, but they they're trying. I guess. The short version of the question, I guess, is: Does it would it be a good idea if kids under sixteen stopped using social media for about ten years?
2: Yes, yeah, yes, it would. Especially TikTok. TikTok should be banned. Everybody knows it should be banned. Um, I watched the congressional hearing with the CEO of TikTok, who was just lying, you know, from one minute to the next. Um, I mean, everybody. They, the Congress really did uh, prepare themselves well for asking questions of him. And it should have been clear to everybody that he was just lying and, and, uh, you know, making up stuff.
1: Well, Dr. Lieberman, um, I'm always happy to have you on. I was glad I had someone to throw this out at because it just seems completely insane to me. And after all, you are a psychiatrist. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks for for coming on. You're welcome. Okay, that's Dr. uh, Carol Lieberman, and we'll be right back. Well, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but the Super Bowl is coming. We still got the uh, AFC Championship and the NFC Championship to get through uh, this weekend. But uh, the Super Bowl is coming, I think it's February 11th. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but the NFL has announced that for the fourth year in a row, they will be uh, singing the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. So Larry Elder, who used to be a host on this network and is a guy who ran for president and a really smart guy and happens to be black, uh, he writes, it appears we've come full circle since the 2004 Democratic National Convention when this guy from Illinois, a state senator named Barack Obama, said this, quote, yet even as we speak, there are those who are preparing to divide us There's not a liberal America and a conservative America. There's the United States of America. There's not a black America and a white America and a Latino America and an Asian America. There's the United States of America. We are one people, all of us pledging allegiance to the stars and stripes, all of us defending the United States of America. Now, remember, that speech that he gave there is why he became president. Everybody loved the speech. It became, you know, nobody had heard of him until that. And then. Within, well, by the next four years later, he was elected president. Um, But this is what uh, Martin Luther King said way back in 1963. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification one day right down in Alabama. Little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. That's Martin Luther King. And I really would like to have someone ask someone in the Democrat Party, anyone, I don't know, somebody like Kamala Harris, how do you like the... uh the black national anthem idea at the Super Bowl and just hear her go on about how wonderful it is and then throw that quote from Barack Obama at her and see what she says. I'll talk to you tomorrow